two best friends, Captain Jim and a bird. Oh, Pedro, you're the coolest! Welcome to the 4 O'Clock Ice Cream Podcast. A podcast where two best friends and some special guests chronicle their adventures as members of one of the most mediocre regional Christian ska bands there ever was. And your life will never be the same. He's Jeremy. And he's Eddie. And you're listening to the 4 O'Clock Ice Cream Podcast. The 4 O'Clock Ice Cream Podcast is unofficially brought to you by the good people at Snapple. Snapple, made from the best stuff on earth. Are you are you by any chance enjoying a delicious Snapple product? I do. I've I've got the orange aid today. Again? Didn't you have that last week? No, I think I, I don't know. I thought I had something different last week. Hmm. If there was only a way we could fact check this. Hmm. Hmm. Roll tape. Like, Kidding. Like if this if this was recorded for posterity of some sort. Exactly. Jeremy, we have something very special happening tonight. Yes, we do. I, I don't know if it if it is the most special, but I I would be hard pressed to to find a competitor. I mean, I I feel like the right thing to say is that all of our special guests are equally special. It's it's very yeah, it's true. But the the fact is that you know some some people are just extra extra special. Yeah, we've had almost everybody else on, so uh, that's true. It's it's now time for the one, the only, uh, the the one, Mister Johnny No H. Johnny, Jonathan McNeely, aka Johnny No H, aka Trumpet Boy. Welcome to the Four O'clock Ice Cream Podcast. Good to see you guys. Good to hear you guys. And uh, let me just take a second here to clean up my uh, mascara that's kind of running down my cheeks here. Um, after that, uh, <laughs> very, very flattering introduction. Uh, I just, I just feel almost as special as, as all those words that you said. Um, but, uh, uh, just, just by way also of introduction, um, I, I just wanted to point out that tonight I also am drinking a Snapple, uh, peach tea. I, I, I actually went into, uh, the Safeway here by my house a little while ago. And the selection there was peach tea or watermelon lemonade. Um, I don't like either of those things. <laughs> but that's, that's not a <laughs> that's not really a knock on the on the fine people over at Snapple. Um, that's just a knock on my own taste, I suppose. But uh here I go. I'm gonna have a little swig of my uh, I don't know. Peach it, tea. it could be it, it could be a knock on the on the fine people at Snapple. Um, <laughs> I've I've also noticed that the the popular selections are uh, it, well questionable. Frankly, is that a sad it, commentary on the taste of America? It, it probably that's probably <laughs> what it is. Yeah, it's the the worst flavors are the easily are the most easily obtained. <laughs> well, I, I will I will say that Snapple Apple at number three, not my fave. I, I would venture to guess that Orange Aid is better, but uh, you know we all we all have different tastes. You know, I I even with the Orange Aid, it it feels like it's just like a little bit of a 
kind of overly sweet uh sunny d (laughs) (laughs) what i am kind of disappointed in about this particular snapple is i notice it's a plastic bottle it they they have gone they've moved away from the glass into plastic so i just have to find some way to make sure that this doesn't end up in the great pacific garbage patch when i'm finished with it all right so so we can we can move away from the Snapple conversation because we did not bring Jonathan McNeely, Johnny No H, Trumpet Boy here to spend an hour talking about Snapple products. As delicious as as delicious as they are, that's not why we're here. The band has been going on for quite a bit now with Johnny in the band. But we had a really hard time uh recalling uh, his entrance to the band, even when it was, and and kind of his his start in the band. So I kind of wanted to, before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to kind of take a cruise down memory lane, if if we can do that, and and kind of say, Johnny, do you remember when you and I met and and we talked about the band? Okay, I might be getting my wires crossed a little bit here, but I want to say that uh, you approached me about this at Dave and Jen Peterson's wedding reception. <laughs> I, uh, that that could be. Does that sound it, it right? It was at First Baptist. Yeah. I, uh, I it was at, it was at First Baptist. I don't know what was going on. But that very well could have been it, because as we mentioned in podcasts, you know, several weeks ago, I went to all the weddings yeah. or all the receptions at First Baptist. So that's a very real possibility. Did you have your trumpet case at that wedding? No, I didn't have my trumpet case at that wedding. But you may have heard okay. that I played trumpet or or made that connection somehow because, we, you know, we were in the youth group together. We we're also in marching band mm-hmm. together. Um, so you may have put it's those true, two yeah. things together. Um, did, but did I seem you play? remember you approaching me at, at that wedding reception and asking me, and I was totally floored. Like I was going to be a superstar. <clears throat> well, obviously. well, you held it together very well. <laughs> because in, uh, in, in Johnny fashion, you're just like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> but inside you were exploding. Uh, yeah, that's got to be exploding yeah, with how, enthusiasm. How old were you at this time? Yeah, I mean, it must have been right at your fr- your beginning of your freshman year. Yeah, so I was uh, very freshly fourteen. Freshly fourteen. Oh yeah. Wow. Oh. Now, do do you remember the conversation we had? I I I don't. Other than I asked you the question and. I think you said, yeah, or maybe let me ask. Mom. I don't know. But do, you remember, do, you remember, do you remember how that conversation went at all? I don't remember details of that conversation, but I'm sure uh, let me ask my mom was was definitely part of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I and and, so, and I probably I don't even think I really understood how to read music at that time either. So that <laughs> that's okay because we didn't have any. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We had music. <laughs> oh, were were you playing in the um in the church band at for Sunday mornings yet or not yet? 
Because you did play with that band eventually, didn't you? Yeah, I sure did. I don't think I was playing with them just yet. Okay. Uh, Because, yeah. And and I think uh, that's got to be right because, like I said, I'm pretty sure I didn't really understand how... To, to read music yet. I was just kind of following the dots and doing, you know, watching other people's fingerings on the trumpet and trying to copy what they did. And, and that got me through middle school. And then I remember going to, to band camp for freshman year and just being completely freaked out. Like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> I need to figure this out real fast. So I would have had to have had that skill to be in the church orchestra because, you know, the music wasn't the easiest thing in that group. So. I think that came later. And I lost my train of thought. Thanks, Jeremy. Well, you're welcome. (laughs) A common theme in the band uh, for our early history uh, is, is not whether you could play an instrument, uh, but merely did you own or have the means of obtaining said instrument. So uh, this just, just continues on. Right on par with everything else we've been doing. <laughs> and you you not only owned it, you also played it. And and probably just because you didn't read music, I think really that probably puts you in good company in the band. Sure, yeah. It definitely put me a leg up over Damien and Evan, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because uh because you yeah you joined after Aaron had left so you only know Evan as the bass player. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do Do you remember what your first show was? Hmm. Let's see. It would have it would have been it would have been fall nineteen ninety seven. I don't have everything in front of me, but we, yeah, it may have been Flagstaff or Prescott or I, Phoenix. I do know that everybody was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I do know that everybody was there. <laughs> Uh, because I know that there were there were shows where we were <laughs> we were missing somebody, <laughs> uh, but okay. I, I, I mean that yeah. that, okay. that pretty much narrows it down to which show it was. You know the fact that we all were <laughs> the there. one that everybody was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Johnny, we we joked about um, you know you having to ask your your mom for permission to, to be in the band. And I think your mom plays a fascinating character in the story of under five, nine, <laughs> because as, as, as you, you know, you said you were freshly 14. I was 17. Um, at this point, uh, Jeremy was 17. Um, Damien was 19 or 20. I mean, we, in, in the scheme, in the scheme of or the scope of where we were in our lives, that's a significant age difference mm-hmm. between freshly th- fourteen and seventeen. You know, you had just started high school. We were we had started our senior year. Uh, we were driving. We had a lot of freedom that that you didn't have. Uh, I'll also kind of say Matt Keene was probably in a similar boat. Um, although he was a year or two older than you. Um, and, and so your, you know, your mom from a, from a place of love and, uh, and protectiveness was, was concerned with the, the people you would be hanging out with. 
And on top of that, I know around this time, I had started to develop something of a insatiable reputation. Um, And I I won't lump Jeremy in with me on that, but uh, he was probably in with me on that where bad things or uh, (laughs) unpleasantness seem to happen near us. Uh, We didn't cause it. We weren't the part of it. We just always kind of were getting into some sort of weird trouble. I, I feel like I should know what you're talking about. And I just, there's nothing specific. It's, it's just, um, uh, circumstances that would arise that, that, uh, you know, like, I mean, like going to get the, the $70 Sprite, um, you know, is, is an example. Yeah. And uh, I'll, you know, not to deviate the conversation, but I remember one, one time, um, I was in an old, an old Willie's Jeep that I had and it ran out of gas on Copper Basin. So I pulled off to the side of the road. I put the hood up to look at it and I hit the starter and it lurched and rolled over a street sign. I walked to my buddy's house who took me home. And by the time I got home, there was, there were cops telling my parents that I had fled the scene of an accident. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that, those kind of things, right? I didn't, there was well, no it, accident per se. Well. I didn't flee. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and Daniel's uh, mom had the same impression of me that I was kind of a troublemaker when really just trouble seemed to, there was, to be around me. And I guess there was an aura. I, I probably, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and and so I don't know if, if Johnny's mom knew that or just was being concerned for her for her young young son or or what it was. But uh, and I don't remember this, but Jeremy, you and I had to go talk to talk to Gail. Yeah, I think we had to sit down and, and kind of plead our cases like almost almost like a like the Godfather scene or something. Um, so not yeah. not quite that ominous but uh you know that that was kind of the fate of the band rested on this conversation it it really did because we had been looking for horn players to round out our horn section really Mm -hmm. since the beginning and it was really um you know we wanted uh we wanted a full horn sound we wanted we really wanted a trumpet and we really wanted a trombone and um yeah, they were those those players were hard to hard to come by for for whatever reason. There's a lot of musicians in Prescott, but finding finding those particular uh, individuals who were willing to suffer through our <laughs> through our <laughs> our songs, uh, uh, I don't know. Nobody wanted to sign up for it, so. Johnny, do you remember? I, I don't know if you were part of this conversation or if if you were not in the room. Do you remember when this happened? Were you aware that this happened? Um, I man, I I feel like it may have also happened at that at that wedding. Like after talking to me, that you guys may have gone over and 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 found my mom and talked to her directly. Um, uh, gosh, other other than that, man, I'm not really. 
I don't, I, I'm pretty sure I was not part of that conversation. Yeah. I don't remember you being a part of it. Um, I remember being at your house, but okay. certainly 20 plus years later. And what I also don't remember, and maybe Jeremy, you can help clarify this. Did we have this conversation often? Meaning whenever we were to play out of town, we had to go and talk to Gail and explain what we were doing, where we were going to be, who we were going to be with, and when we were going to be home. I think so. And I, I think, I feel like, you know, we had to kind of outline what the, what the plan for, for Johnny was because, um, you know, as, as our conversations over the weekend, uh, demonstrated, she was, she was very right in not allowing Johnny to ride with, with either of the two of us. Um, especially me. Um, she's very right in not allowing Johnny to ride with me. And so we, I think we had to, we had to kind of at least give her the transportation plan. Like he will, he will be in the vehicle of a responsible party that is not either of the two of us. Um, yeah. And, and something I think that we both agreed on Jeremy, uh, when we were, when we were hanging out this weekend was, uh, Gail had every right (laughs) to, to be concerned and suspicious and, uh, I, I mean, hard to say since I'm not there yet, but I, I'd be damned if I'm going to let my 14 year old son run down to Phoenix <laughs> with a bunch of 17 year olds, <laughs> right. um, wh- whether they're part of the church youth group or not. Um, uh, so, so I, I think at the time we, we gave Gail a bit of grief, not, not to her face, you know, behind her back about having to go through this. Uh, and I don't know if, if your mom listens to this, but Gail hundred percent appreciate where you were coming from. And uh, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be that cool when my son's that age. So, um, I, I think your mom went about it the correct way and gave some leniency and some license to some kids that, you know, you know, maybe otherwise she should. have. I don't really remember it being like a, like a big thing, like, oh man, Johnny's mom is such a pain and we've always got to like do whatever. I, it was, I, I it guess, was just kind um, of like, like, it, well, this is, this is one of the things we have to do. So, um, you know, I, I guess it, it was more of a, from the, from the, the spirit of, um, it was, it was kind of a, a recurring joke. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Not, not mean spirited. It was like, Oh, better go talk to Gail. <laughs> <laughs> now there there was one show um and i don't remember which show it was and it may not coincide with what we're going to talk about later in the episode but i think it's fun it's it'll be a fun thing to touch on is jeremy as the quote-unquote leader of the horns you had a fun idea about um on stage attire yes that was so I'm going to, I'm going to turn things over. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, and I, I don't remember where this stemmed from, but I, I would, I'm sure it was at a, uh, at one of our thrift shop, um, adventures. And, uh, I found a, a really great suit that was, you know, probably $3 and it was a, a three piece gray pinstripe wool suit. 
um and and actually a really nice suit and and we happened to i don't remember if it was at the same shop or within within like a week we found like a bunch of these suits so i think i if i remember right i think we found like four or five at at different thrift shops around town and and down in down in phoenix and um so i was like hey this would be this would be really cool for the horns to all dress in like matching three-piece gray pinstripe suits um and so that became and i i I don't remember if we like if if you and I bought them and then like had a selection for everybody to try on or if we found like you know some of the suits at different thrift shops in town and and you know went with the other guys to to go get them but that became our the uniform of the horn section and uh it it became pretty obvious as we started playing shows, uh, particularly in Phoenix during the summer under hot lights, that uh, there is it's not possible to make a worse uniform for performing <laughs> in in really any kind of a any kind of a high energy band. Um. Yeah, it was they they were they were rough. But we looked good doing it. So Yeah, that's not at all what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's not what you're talking about? <laughs> I know what he's talking about. What's he talking about? <laughs> I I think don't you remember I think you had an idea about uh, going on stage in just our boxers. Oh. That sounds Does that like ring something a bell? I would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sure sounds does. like something I would do. <laughs> It was, it was the, it was, you would wear, it would, you wear the three piece suit from the waist up. That's right. Yeah. Oh, and then like, and then, and then like heart boxers. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then like have stirrups on your socks. So to make it look like you just forgot to put on mm. pants. Mm. That, that would have been amazing. I, I don't think we did that. Did we? Well, <laughs> no. So no, we that sure would did. have been yep. amazing, except Johnny's mom caught wind of this. Ah. And basically gave us an ultimatum. (laughs) (laughs) Wear pants or no trumpet. Well, that was, that was a pretty easy decision for us. Yeah. So we did not, uh, not ever execute that gag. Unfortunately. I also think it may have been frowned upon in the majority of the venues that we were playing at the time. I don't know if we cared about that. I don't think I did. No, and I I know that I didn't either, but I I think that we were a little bit short-sighted in that because I I feel relatively confident that there probably would have been ramifications. Maybe. I I think uh in my 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 mind they they were always like over-exaggerated boxers, so they were big and long and you know, you know, they they weren't they were shorts essentially, but they looked like not as with, you know, more, or... more for the gag than the, than the risque. Yeah. yeah. I don't I've, know. We'll Either never way, know. It didn't happen. And I, I remember, I remember Gail, I, I don't remember the words, but very matter of factly saying, yeah, that will not be happening. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
<laughs> we'll wear pants. We just we just need a trumpet player. How how would she have how would she have found out about that? Oh, I bet I bet I know what happened. I bet Johnny said that he needed to go find a pair of heart boxers. <laughs> and then and then he didn't keep his trap shut as to why he needed <laughs> heart boxers. I don't think that's accurate. Can't argue with I, that. I don't think that's accurate at all. I I um I was a very, very quiet child. <laughs> <laughs> offered offered no extraneous information whatsoever. That's correct. <laughs> That's mm. right. It could have been Johnny, but I'm quite the loud mouth, so I very well could have said, hey, Gail, we got this great idea, <laughs> not thinking anything of it. <laughs> and, you know, just, what? <laughs> now, now, to the wardrobe, um, and Jeremy, do you remember wearing a uh, like a measuring tape tie, or was that just me? I don't remember that, but we I think we have pictures of it, don't we? Yeah, so um, we wore those ties on Halloween, nineteen ninety seven, hmm. and it was we we've already recorded that episode, and I didn't have any pictures from that night, and. Uh, a friend of the podcast, Simeon Moeller, sent me a picture. Uh, it was just me and Daniel, but we were wearing the the tape measure ties. And I think we all did that for Halloween. I want to say that that was my mom's idea. It, Interesting. I, I, okay. I, it is very wholesome. It's entirely possible. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the, what the statement is on the Halloween costume with measuring tape ties. Well, under five feet nine inches. Uh yeah, I like it. It's a it's a good oh, yeah. it's a good concept. <laughs> no, yeah. That that was it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, establishing that that your mom was rightfully protective of you. Uh, at, you know, being such a young age, it it caused us to to have to make certain accommodations for you and i think matt too when we would be going down to phoenix and playing multiple shows in the phoenix area where we we as a band were not able to stay in phoenix one of the requirements was that we would somebody you know uh, and, and maybe it wasn't jeremy or i who were allowed to drive you but we had to get you and matt back to prescott following the show every night yeah so, so staying in the valley was was not a real option. Certainly, I guess some of us could stayed, and some of us, you know, could have come back. Um, but, but we all had, well, we all, we had to make sure that that certain people in you know certain certain folks in the band got got back home every night, and that kind of leads us up to this episode that I I'm lovingly referring to as the weekend because we did a lot of shows and we did a lot of driving, <laughs> but, but leading up to the weekend, I, I, I wanted to take a quick deviation. So we had been forced to take a little bit of time off since mm-hmm. early or to middle June. We, uh, after we played the show at Yavapai college uh, for grad night, I had signed up to go to Europe with um with the high school and so i don't i think i was gone for at 
least two weeks, maybe three weeks. So the band kind of had to take a hiatus or so I thought the band was going to take a hiatus. (laughs) Now, I don't think you guys played a show, but I know you were trying to play a show while I was gone. (laughs) I did not know about this. You did it? We played without a lot of people. I'm trying to figure out how on earth it would have worked to play without without our guitar (laughs) player. (laughs) And maybe this was just was just Evan pushing my buttons. But I almost I'm sure you told me this, Jeremy, that you had rehearsed with Evan playing guitar while I was gone to try and book some shows. We may have that does we may have just been messing with you because that that would have been a a really wonderful prank, especially especially knowing your demeanor in high school. That would have been just that reaction would have been pure gold. And I really wish that, that we had a recording of that for posterity. <laughs> well, I, I know it never, ha- I know a show never happened, but maybe the idea of playing without me was more of a, of a, uh, a prank than, than actual reality. But, but I do remember the threat that you guys, <laughs> if I dare leave again, you have a replacement in the wings. So let's get to this weekend, the weekend. So it's, it's summer. I'm back from Europe. We, this was not the first time that we played three shows back to back to back, but it was the first time we did it as this band, as our full under five, nine band. And it was the first time we did it with all three, um, all three gigs out of Prescott. Our first show would be our warm up to this weekend. Are you guys ready for the flyer? We sure Let's are. And uh, we get to this phase now where flyers are being printed on 11 by 16 pieces of paper, which is just a real joy when I'm trying to scan these things <laughs> and uh, present them to everybody. So I had to take a picture of it with my phone and crop it. So apologies. Uh, this what? will not be the last one we see, but what an awkward size who it's so it's, it's like a newspaper, man. This is dumb. <laughs> um, so it says West Valley Baptist church student ministries. The daily grind coffee house is open Friday, July 24th, 1998, seven o'clock PM to 10 o'clock PM featuring two great bands. Under five nine and will be done in the West Valley Baptist Church Student Center, one four one two zero North Seventy Ninth Avenue, Peoria. Telephone number: admission free. Light snacks and flavored coffees available. Ooh. All junior high and high school students welcome. We are tracking on the free food and food and drinks, Jeremy. Uh, we sure are, and and not only, not only is the show free, but the but the snacks and the drinks are free as well. That that yeah. seems like that would have been the well the most economical choice of venues to see us at. I, I, if you didn't tell from the flyer, we were the headliner of this show, which hadn't happened a ton. Leading up to this, and I think this was our re- our first real 
headlining show in Phoenix. Yeah, I think you're right. We did something at this show that we rarely did. I didn't, I did not like doing this from a professionalism standpoint, but it kind of made me feel cool to do it. (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking about. Because of our, our schedules and folks that were, it was summer, but you know, you were working, Jeremy, I think I was working. Um, You know, we couldn't leave whenever we wanted to. It was a Friday afternoon and we had a two hour drive ahead of us. We, we showed up like while the opening band was performing, which I never like, I like sticking around. Yeah. I like, you know, openers or, or closers. I like being around for the bands and, but it was kind of cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> like showing up all tired, you know, quickly uh, packing our gear in and kind of parking it somewhere backstage uh, while the, while the opening band was playing. Um, so we, we didn't have a lot of time to devote to listening to the band cause we had just pulled in and we're trying to get our gear, uh, gear unloaded. It's, it's a total rock star move. It really is. Yeah, it really is. Now, I don't know if you, I don't know how much you guys remember this show. I have a couple of fond, fond memories of it. Uh, one is as we're loading stuff in, there was like no one inside the venue. There were there were a, a small contingent of kids outside and they actually recognized us as under five, nine They're like, Oh, Hey, you guys are under five, nine. You're playing tonight. And, uh, you know, we're like, yeah. And I remember one kid in particular who I have his picture and I'm going to post it. Um, but one kid, um, and a group of with, that was with him starts walking away from the venue. And I asked him, I said, Hey, are you guys, are you guys leaving? (laughs) um, And he said, no, um, a bunch of kids had, had gone elsewhere because they weren't digging the band. Um, But they were going to come back for our set. And he said, and I'll never forget this. So if you remember the name of the opener was a band called will be done a take on the, not, it's not will be done. It's like somebody's name will be done. Okay. And when I talked to this kid, he said, oh, they're going to leave and come back. And he said, and hopefully they'll be done. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, um, but as I recall, this show turned out fairly cool considering this weird opening act that that um, set, set, set up the night for us. And then we kind of jumped in there. But this was really the first time that I felt kids were coming from out of town that we didn't know just to see us. Yeah. And that was, that was a really that big, was, that was a big deal um, for us. Yeah. It was, it was like, yeah, there, there's definitely, that's a, that's a major threshold in, in the progression of a band is like when, yeah. Cause it's, cause it's one thing to play for friends or friends of friends. But then when you have people that you don't know that you've never met, that you don't know how they heard about you. That's a, that's a bit of a different level. That, that aren't merely coming to a ska show, right? Right. Yeah. Like they're coming, they're coming to see this band that presumably they've, they've seen before at some other venue that we, we, that they truly became fans of the band. Right. And, and I can tell you as, as being in other bands after this, that is, something that seems so easy 
but is one of the most difficult feats. Yeah. But the show ended. We had no time to celebrate. We had no time to party. We had to get back to Prescott. <laughs> That's right. We got we, had we got Johnny kids, kids tucked into bed. We got Johnny on curfew. <laughs> yeah. So we we pack up the gear and uh, and I don't know what the the driving arrangement here was per se. Um, uh, I, we were a ska band and we didn't own a a fifteen passenger van, so we had to roll with at least two vehicles. And I think Dave um, started doing a lot of the driving, be- uh, started a lot of the second car driving because he had that massive excursion. Oh, that's and right. Could fit a bunch yeah. of equipment in there. And I, f- I feel like at, at some time during the, during like the spring of 98 or the, you know, the early summer of 98, as we were kind of starting to play some more shows and stuff, I think there was a point where Gail started to allow Johnny to ride with me, um, which was, <laughs> which was a horrible decision, but I, <laughs> I would like to think that I toned it down a, a smidge when when Johnny was in the car uh, out of respect for Gail. Really? You think you toned it down? Uh, well. And that you had respect for some for, for an authority figure? I don't know. It could have happened. <laughs> now, Jeremy, I, mean, I don't remember you being a, an especially maniacal driver. Am I am I misremembering that? Because there were some other mutual friends of ours um, that, uh, looking back, I, I probably should not have been in their vehicle with. <laughs> but I don't remember well, that, you as being one of those people. That that very much supports the statement that I just made. Thanks, Johnny. <laughs> I was going to say he he must have toned it down because um, there there are good drivers who drive good because they're good drivers. There are good drivers who drive bad because they're good drivers and they feel they can get away with it. And then there's bad drivers that just drive bad. Well, so I'll, I'll clarify where, where I learned to drive and I predominantly, I learned to drive from uh, one of my uncles who, who's, approach to life in general, but especially to driving, um, was, was very much like a competitive sport. And, and the idea was that if you weren't winning as you were driving, you were losing. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually my current philosophy. And, (laughs) And so, you know, if, if you're, uh, running to target to pick up a Sprite. Um, you do it as if you're in a NASCAR race. Um, <laughs> if, if you're driving down to Phoenix, you do it as if you're in a NASCAR race. Um, and heaven forbid you allow somebody to pass you. And if they, that is unacceptable. if they do happen to pull one on you, you've got to pass them back as quickly as possible. Um, and then let them know that, you know, that they passed you. Right. And, and make sure that they know that you have now passed them. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. In, in a way that they yes. won't soon forget the, 
absurdity of the whole philosophy is is really sinking in as we're having this conversation but that was that was the way that that i was taught to drive and that's the way that i drove (laughs) (laughs) and and in, in all fairness and honesty and not to absolve you necessarily but uh not only did i not uh try and curb that behavior I'm hundred percent positive. I fueled it and, uh, and there was and yeah, enforced yeah, that behavior. There was, there was a symbiotic, uh, relationship there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were, um, so what, what is remarkable is that in, in some of the things that I did driving, it doesn't make sense that I would still be alive because there was so much stuff that was so reckless and and so just just completely insane really and and nothing ever happened you know I mean, do i need to spell it out for you uh, we were on a mission from god <laughs> <laughs> yeah that we were yep that we were <laughs> i i did get a lot of speeding tickets and yes yeah you did most most of them were deserved and it's really ridiculous that I feel so indignant about speeding tickets that I got that I didn't deserve because (laughs) it's like on balance. Yeah. I really probably should have been put in jail, frankly, but uh... (laughs) be all of that as it may. We, we get back to Prescott. We had a quick turnaround gentlemen. Because the next day, that Saturday, not only did we have a show, we had a festival. And we were the first up at the festival. So we didn't have a whole lot of luxury to sleep in and rest. Also happening around this time, we lost track of Evan. Yes. And he must have been there for the previous show. I think he was there for the previous he show. He was not. We we played, He was not. We played without a bass that Friday night. Okay. Okay. Mm. So we we had lot so we had not oh. maybe not had a whole lot of contact with Evan mm-hmm. since the middle of June. That's right. I it it had been a good it had been a good 4 weeks and possibly even longer than that. Well, there was the rehearsal you had where he was playing guitar. Oh, right. So we, we must've lost contact with him soon after you got back from Europe. All right. Thanks for, thanks for clearing that up. Um, cause I was curious about that. So we, uh, so we did not play with Evan that Friday night. Do you know if that was by design as in he couldn't make it or we just couldn't get a hold of him and, or he didn't show up? Well, do you remember this process of trying to get a hold of him? I, I could use a refresher. Okay. So we would we would call his house and they'd be like Evan isn't here um and the and the stories varied from just Evan isn't here to Evan is on a missions trip in South America to <laughs> Evan is in Europe 
to <laughs> Evan is doing a foreign exchange program in China. Um, and who knows who knows which is right? Um, none of them. I'd say none of them are right. Well, and I to this day I don't I don't know that I know where he actually was, but I remember finally like we went to his house and I think it was yeah. and I think it was Melody helped us actually get a hold of him and I I want to say I'm not I'm not sure if this is right, but I want to say that he was like on a missions trip to Mexico. Cue the music. Mission trip to Mexico. Mission trip to Mexico. Come on, let's go. Yes, but but the 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 big deal was that <laughs> the the big deal was that we had this opportunity for to play this big festival, but yeah, like we had to all be there to say yes to the festival. And you know, ha- having the whole band there meant having Evan there, and we couldn't get a hold of Evan, so it was a big deal because we didn't know if we could, you know, say yes to playing the festival. But we couldn't. We couldn't turn this down, right? But with or without a bass player, right? We couldn't turn it down. Um, and and I remember finally we. I mean, it it felt like it was it was in my memory. It felt like it was probably like two months that we were trying to get a hold of them, but clearly that's not right because of the time frame. So, but it was probably a couple of weeks we were trying to get a hold of them. And, and finally with melody, we figured out that, um, where we were able to get a hold of them. And he was like, yeah, don't worry guys. I'll, I'll be back. Don't, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. So then, you know, fast, fast forward to like the week of, and a couple of days before and i i think he was supposed to be back or he had told us that he would be back like tuesday or wednesday of that week or something like that you know and and so we're like okay cool and and that day comes and he's not there and we go over to the house and they're like yeah i don't know we haven't heard from him <laughs> and and it was like we had no idea where where he was at and I remember we were we were really nervous about the show because we had you know coming coming like when we woke up on Friday morning, we had no idea where Evan was, if right. he was gonna be there. And I remember getting a phone call. I think it was at my house, but it might have been at your house, Eddie. But we got a co- phone call from Evan. And he's like Hey guys, I'm in San Francisco. We're like, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Okay, what are you doing in San Francisco? And he's like, Well, I'm at the airport. Um he's like, So so we got a show this afternoon? You know? Like, <laughs> yeah, Evan, we've got a show. He's like, All right, cool. Well, uh my my flight my flight should get in, so I'll be there. I'll I'll see you guys in a little bit. We're like, uh, <laughs> okay. So that was that was all we got. And um. so Evans, uh, Evans, a big unknown, and and kind of a theme <clears throat> with with Evan was 
we, we just never, we never felt certain about uh, what he was planning on doing or what, what he was going to do. But regardless, we had a show to perform. So, you know, we, we, we got into Prescott late. We got up early. Uh, we probably didn't even take any gear out of vehicles and, we're going to a, a new area of Phoenix that I, I, I was not really familiar with Phoenix at all, <laughs> let alone where, where we were supposed to be going for this venue. I was the primary um, uh, booker and, and uh, gig coordinator in the band. So I had had the conversation with the promoter uh, to try and get directions and and his words to me to paraphrase were something along the lines of just keep going out i interstate 10 you know and, and you'll think you're gone too far but just keep going <laughs> to to find whatever road we were looking for oh gosh it, in my in my uh my wisdom of and my uh, my grasp of the greater phoenix metropolitan area i didn't really know that interstate 10 went east and west Um, well and and this is like right because we have to talk about like navigation back then i mean now it's oh yeah you've got google maps or you've got you know whatever and you type in an address and like i haven't i haven't thought about directions of how to get somewhere in at least 10 years because it's like you just plug in the address and then and then you you know if there's any question of where you're going you you do that you know um yeah we at at that time i don't i don't think there was even like oh what was the like the very first um map quest yeah map quest i i think this was even before so. map quest yeah and and so what we had was it was called the thomas guide and it was mm-hmm. like this like three inch book of maps of the Phoenix metropolitan area. But even, even with that, if you were a year or two behind in the edition, I mean, Phoenix was growing like wildflower wildfire. You may, I mean, yeah, you you might, you might not know where you're going. And um, so, so it was, it was this whole process and it was kind of like, yeah, the the dynamic in the band was was, or uh, I guess the management of the band uh, side of things is Eddie would kind of do all the booking and and make make all the arrangements as far as where we were supposed to be when we were supposed to be there, and I kind of took care of the the details of the logistics as far as like how we're going to get there and what how we're going to get all the equipment there and and all that stuff. Um. And so I would always, you know, map everything out and everything. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember if I, I remember that port part of the directions. And then I remember you said, and I, I don't remember if you said like the road was, the road was, it was on Ellsworth or, um, it was Dysart. Yeah. But oh, it was like, on- it it was i th- i think it was like it was either on on Dysart or something some road that sounded similar to it oh yeah and i think you said something along the lines of like 
is Dysart or something or something like that. And they're like, they're like, he just said you take I ten all the way all the way out, and then you you get off of I ten and and it's like right there. <laughs> and so I took I took those directions and I found a what I thought was the right place. And it was like the place that I thought was like far east valley, like in Chandler. Mm-hmm. So, sometimes like they'd have landmarks marked in the Thomas guide. So like if there was a big church or there was something like that, sometimes they would say that, that it was a particular church there. Um, and sometimes they didn't. So you didn't necessarily know what the, what the address was or what, what was there. Um, and so I think I kind of assumed that we had it right. And so we went and, um, I remember pulling, pulling up to this address and it was like, I think it was like a vacant lot, wasn't it? Or maybe it was like a little strip mall with a, I I don't even remember getting to the address. I remember you getting so nervous and impatient that, I thought at some point we just pulled off to look at the Thomas guide to see to like, like, okay, where exactly to like do check we need it. To go? Yeah. That, that could yeah. be, that could be right. And, um, anyway, like the, the short of it is like, you know, we were supposed to check in at a certain time and we figured out, like the the correct directions of where we were supposed to go and i if i remember i think we had like 15 minutes to get to the church for our check-in time and we were like at that point we were like 35 miles away <laughs> it was like we had gone I, so far in the opposite direction i i took i took a stab earlier today cuz i have the address of the church and I kind of guesstimated where we may have stopped. Uh-huh. I guesstimated Ray Road. So I think, you know, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think we were like, yeah, we were way out yeah. on, in the east. That was, that is, I didn't get the mileage I should have, but that is a 42 minute drive between where we were and where we needed to be. Yes. I think you made it in 25. I was going to say, I, 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 remembered being about five minutes late so yeah okay so maybe 20 minutes maybe 20 minutes yeah i mean i was i don't i don't think there was any point in time where we were going under 85 on the freeway (laughs) from the turnaround point to uh get over there and i do i know that johnny wasn't with us i i'm pretty sure that uh that morning it was just you and i and i think everybody else rode with Dave, except for I don't th- Evan. Evan. And I don't think we caravaned. I don't think that Dave and his entourage were with us. No. I think we all we were all just gonna meet at the church at whatever one o'clock or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now I don't uh, Johnny, I don't know what you recall about this show. Um, do you have any recollection of being at the church waiting for us and wondering where we are? <laughs> Uh, no, I, I don't really, uh, I don't really recall that at all. I mean, I barely remember riding, riding with Dave, um, in, in his, his big excursion with his, uh, funky sunglasses and stuff. 
But uh, uh, what was what was the venue that we were going to again? What what church was this? Skyway Community Church. Hmm. Okay. And it was the night before that we were missing Evan, and I definitely remember that. I remember not having yep. Evan on bass and just kind of uh, glancing back at that sad, quiet bass amp every once in a while. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, this, this particular morning. Uh, <laughs> That just doesn't ring a bell yet. Like, boy, I wish there was. So we brought his equipment to the show <laughs> that he didn't come to. No, I no, I think that there was an amp on the stage. I I remember there being an amp on the stage. But uh, I don't okay. know if we brought it or if it was there already. But uh, I I distinctly remember there was a quiet amp there, and just thinking, man, I wonder if well, somebody there, else at, knows how to play. I don't know. <laughs> actually, I I think it might make sense that we did bring that because I think that he. In one of the times that we talked to him, he was like, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be getting into Phoenix, um, and I'll meet you guys at the show, like Friday night. I, I feel like that may have happened, um, and so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be entirely surprised if we didn't pack his equipment down, thinking that he was gonna meet up with us, and which I think, kind of heightened our anxiety level for the next day and then kind of kind of further explains the state of mind that that we were in when we got his phone call from san francisco that morning (laughs) (laughs) wait what (laughs) so we we eventually most of us uh we convene at at the church that we're supposed to be at and and in time i mean we may have been on the razor's edge but but uh we we were there in time to do what needed to happen we had no evan uh, obviously with us we had no evan at load in i don't think we had evan at sound check no we did not and with that, I think it's a good place to uh, take a break and split this episode right in the middle and uh, and come back next week. What do you guys say? Uh, that sounds good to me. That's fine. Cool. Well, uh, before we go, uh, Jeremy, of course, would be remiss uh, if we did not give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Ska Profit Repeat. Um, we've been talking about them. Not much more to say. Under 5.9, Chris Tones, um, all of our old designs, all of our old logos are available on T-shirts, coffee mugs. You name it, they've got it. Just uh, get yourself to T-Public, T-E-E-Public.com, and search for Scott Profit Repeat or Under 5.9, you'll, you'll get yourself there. But I want to I want to thank our our guest of the episode, uh, Mr. Jonathan McNeely, for for joining us, and uh, we're excited to have him back next week for part two Woo-hoo! of this thrilling roller coaster ride that is the weekend. All right, thank you. All right, we'll see you guys next week. like to connect with us between episodes you can find us on our facebook page at facebook.com slash four o'clock ice cream you can reach us at our webpage four o'clock ice cream dot buzzsprout.com or you can send us an email at four o'clock ice cream at gmail.com that's the number four o c l o c k ice cream